Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello, Alan Cumming. Hello, listeners. Welcome to Homo Sapiens. Hello, everybody. I uh, hope you're all having a lovely day. I just wanted to tell you that I've pushed aside to one side of my coffee table a delicious plate of chilli that I made last night with vegan sausages, and it was so hot, I'm actually breathing <laughs> fire right now. When, when we're recording, it's morning where you are. Yes. I'm noticing that you would eat a spicy sort of meal in the morning well i have me my, through that i have what i do in the morning i wake up obviously i uh, come mm-hmm. i i am um, <laughs> on a good day <laughs> I, I i i eat a lemon i i, I um oh, have Christ. the juice and and, and uh, mushy stuff of a lemon because that settles your stomach gives you the alkaline balance or something then i have a vodka tonic <laughs> no a vegan <laughs> protein shake with like banana and funny oil and apple cider vinegar and hemp seeds and blah blah and you know thing do all mm-hmm. that have my shake so I have a lemon, a shake, a cup of tea. And I feel after that, I can eat what I like. It's like, when I am, it's like, uh, it's 11.30 in the morning. But I've been up for like, you know, four hours. So I feel it's, it's time. To, and I, had this, I made this delicious chili last night. Because I'm, 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 what I do is, you know, I, I cook industrial amounts of food. And then it's just me. So I'm just eating chili at uh, all hours. And it's delicious. But um, that's getting us off topic because our uh, guest today is a very appetizing. See what I did there? A very appetizing oh. young gentleman. I'm very excited to meet him. His name is Adam Eli. Yes, indeed. And very interesting. Uh, obviously, that's a, that maybe a Jewish connotation to that name because he is indeed Jewish. And what I think is really interesting about him is that the way he uses his Judaism and his uh, queerism uh, at the intersectionality, there's a good use of that word, of his Jewishness yes. and his queerness. Um, Christopher, what do you think about that? I I'm very pro it Alan as you know I love a bit of an intersection but I think two things bring to mind this season is about trailblazers and Adam is a true trailblazer because yeah he he is using uh he is representing for queer Jewish people and uh talks so fascinatingly about how he wants to use Judaism as the kind of blueprint for how the queer community can actually link and find each other and realize like we're this one big massive family um he would describe himself as a writer and community organizer so he's done a lot of incredible stuff with a thing called voices for that I'm very excited to talk to him about Mm. as well um but uh yeah I I came across him first because he he was um, attacked on the subway and hopefully we'll talk about uh, the sort of amazing reaction that he had to that. Indeed. And that's how I discovered him. Um, so, yeah, I'm very excited to be talking to a bona fide trailblazer, Alan. Well, should we go and have a listen to Adam Eli? Let's. Uh, Adam, it's so lovely to meet you. 
It's so lovely to meet you. I'm really excited to be here. And like I said, I'm a really big fan. Oh, bless you. Alan, hello. You know, one of the things I wanted to talk to you about was your book because it's it's such a beautiful idea, really. But you talk about this thing that I'd love you to talk sort of explain for everyone who doesn't know like about the 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 way you think judaism is such a brilliant blueprint for what we should all be doing as queer people how we're linked in a way that we don't understand the word intersectionality was used when we talked about this earlier and you're at the apex of intersectionality between judaism and queerism or queerness wow that is some extremely heavy praise from two people i really respect (laughs) um the book is definitely about intersectionality. And also, Chris, what you said was really beautiful and meant a lot to me because that's exactly what I wanted people to take from the book. Hmm. Basically, the my the idea that the thesis of the book is queer people anywhere are responsible for queer people everywhere. It's also the thesis of basically everything that I do. And that idea came from a passage in the Talmud. And the Talmud is a piece of ancient Jewish scripture that says, kol Yisrael avrim zebazeh, which means that all of all Jewish people are responsible for each other. And so growing up, I was taught, I grew up in a very Jewish household, and I was Mm. taught that a part of the DNA of being Jewish, part of what it means to be Jewish is to show up for other Jewish people. Mm. And obviously, we don't do that perfectly. It doesn't happen all the time. Uh, Diversity within the Jewish community is a big issue. However, it's still a fundamental aspect of being Jewish. And there are Mm. fundamental aspects of being queer. Like we were just talking about the iconic Patti Lapone, you know, this like we, the queer community has holidays. We have pride. We have our own rituals. We have our own things that like, you know, go to any gay bar anywhere and you can hear Lady Gaga or Madonna song. Mm. We have tenants of queerness. And I want one of those tenants to be that just, there's a baseline assumption that you're showing up and supporting other queer people simply because you're queer. Mm. totally and what was that moment when you realized that there was that disparity between the the sort of the way the jewish people support each other and the way queer people don't so the first so i write about a little bit in the book um i wrote about watching the the tree of life there was a shooting at um a synagogue in america in pittsburgh it was called the tree of life and a shooter came into a synagogue and killed 12 people on Saturday morning services and within, and it was Shabbos morning. And so a lot of Jewish people or some Jewish people aren't able, Mm -hmm. don't use electricity on Shabbos. And before Shabbos was even out, before the Sabbath was even over there, all the funerals were paid for. There were people on their way outside. People were set up handing out hot food. Every single Jewish celebrity human being had tweeted their outrage. Um, And all of these, all of these, Things were put into motion. There, were, I went to um, a rally that was put together in you know three hours. Mm. It was just this universal wow. response that said very clearly, you know, when you mess with one Jew, you mess with us all. And mm. then a few weeks later, first of all, there is the constant, ongoing genocide of Black trans women taking place in America, and that's mm. happening almost every day here. And it was happening then too. And there was rarely a direct call to action, let alone a unified force. And then a few weeks later, there was news that there was a resurgence of the purges that were taking place in Chechnya, the queer purges. Mm. And there were a lot of people that were upset, but there was no direct call to action. It Mm. wasn't obvious that there would be a big vigil. It wasn't obvious that every single queer person had to talk about it. 
And mm. so I just sort of stared at the two disparities in the face. I mean, it seems to me that the biggest reason for that is structure in that we don't have a structure in the queer community like in, in Judaism, which is a very structured society. Uh, we don't have that. We don't have, we don't have the way that we look. We don't have elders. It's an interesting, we're a fractured community, I think, in many ways. But I think the, 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 the situation of we need to have more structure in our, in our, Jew, in our Jewish life, in our um, queer life, don't you think? That's a really, really interesting question. And I think part of it is structure, but one of the, even more than structure are institutions, like the institutions, Jewish institutions sort of stepped up and were able to do that. Whereas we have fewer queer institutions and the ones mm. that we have are deeply, deeply, deeply overwhelmed. You know, like I love mm. the LGBT center in New York and they mm. have their hands filled. They do such incredible things here. I don't know how much they can take on what's going on mm. in Chechnya. Yeah. And so it's not yeah. to criticize the queer community because the Jewish people have been out and loud and saying, we are the Jewish people for a very long time. Mm. And queer people have simply been out and proud and saying, you know, we are the queer people, at least on a grand scale mm. for mm. a much shorter time. And so it's not a criticism, but rather an attitude that my dream in life is to have some of the queer community adopt. It's funny, isn't it, as well, that we don't have, like when you think about, well, I, I, I'm thinking specifically about Christianity here, the amount of money behind it mm -hmm. is just Absolutely. extraordinary that you don't have, you know, like you're saying, all the resources of queer, you know, places, are, they're stretched. It's the complete opposite. Absolutely. And there's also, there's money and there's also access. Like there are Jewish people in like almost every corner of the world and a lot of them are connected to each other. And there are queer people in absolutely every corner of the world. And for the first time ever, like literally in the past 10 years, for the first time ever, we're able to connect on a real way. Like I can download videos about like some kid can go in Poland. We do this. Some kid will go to a protest in Poland where they're being beaten in the streets, take videos, DM them to me. I'll download them and post them in real time. Wow. And we weren't able to do that until no. until recently. Mm. I also, I think like I, uh, I always think you know, Jewish people aren't ashamed of being Jewish people, mm -hmm. whereas many queer people, even now, are, 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 are shame runs very deep in our um, culture, Definitely. and that surely must have a lot to do with this this lack that we have in our in, in the way that we can protest and help each other. Don't you think? Absolutely, and remember, like laws promoting religious freedom in some parts of the world are more standard than there are in the protections. I mean, protections against queer people. I mean, we just saw a terrible, terrible, terrible thing that happened in the UK with the right to self-determination. Whereas in the UK, you have freedom of religion, yet somehow the rights of trans people are still being negotiated. It boggles my mind, the whole... We've been talking about this a lot with some of our other guests on this show about how... Britain is so behind on the whole trans thing. It is, and for, for and it's much more progressive in other ways. But the whole, you know, this 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 lack of ability to, I mean, it's it's sort of like you know, it's sort of got several years to catch up on on the U.S. in in terms of it's not a question in the U.S. that you know, well, at least Democratic politicians all all support trans rights and and recognize all the issues that uh, trans people are facing and trying to do something about, you know, talking about these statistics about, you know, the average um, life expectancy of a black trans woman or a trans woman of color is 
35. And yes. just that, these things are being talked about. That's where we're at with it in America. In Britain, it's still being like, people are debating. intelligent, feminist, clever, left-wing people are debating whether or not they believe in the kind of whole, about whether they will call a trans woman a woman. I mean, mm. it's just, what the hell's going on, Christopher? I agree. And um, I, I think what's interesting is, as, as a queer person, I feel like we are always the people who have to like be the conduit for these arguments, you know? People don't, and actually it's funny because you were saying, Adam, before we started recording that you listened to our interview with Lady Phil. An icon and, and a legend amongst I, us. Yeah, and so she founded UK Black Pride. For anyone who hasn't listened, please go and listen because we make it about 4p off the advert. Um, but the <laughs> um, she said uh, a fascinating thing to me when I was talking to her and I was like, you know, Lady Phil, this has been amazing and can you can you tell us, like, where can people go to try and work out how to help and, you know, how to be better? And she, and she said, you need to go and find that yourself. It's not mm. up to me to tell you me as the black woman to tell you how you can help me you yeah. should be interested in <clears throat> in helping me and in the same way that i have to bend to everything that you have not not me specifically. but it's like it's like what you're saying black people are exhausted having mm. to do all that i mean i think mm. they're just endlessly and especially recently in the last year you know they're just constantly having to in addition to all this shit happening to them and it's the same with 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 trans people and, well, and like you're saying, in queer people, we've got to kind of do all the work as well as have all the shit happen to us. Too. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. It, mm. it's, it's, it's interesting because it's like trans women, trans people, black people and people of color do not owe it to us to explain what their experiences are. They do not owe it mm. to us to say this is what you should be doing. But it's also important that we don't just like decide ourselves as people that mm. haven't experienced the violence personally. And so I think that there are so I totally agree with Lady Phil. And luckily for the world, there are trans people out there that have taken it upon themselves, like the incredible Monroe Bergdorf, um, mm -hmm. to, you know, provide to provide clear calls to action, um, you know, when they can and when it's OK for them to be yeah. doing so. But, you know, what I find so often is when you say that to people, people just go, oh, God, you're being so touchy, you know? <laughs> Yeah. And I, people like, what do you say to that? You say you have a zero tolerance policy. Like mm -hmm. <laughs> I always say, like, I have a zero tolerance policy for transphobia in any capacity ever. If trans people are not comfortable and actively comfortable and safe in a space, then I have no reason to be there. Mm -hmm. I got invited to like a, I was traveling and I was invited to like a gay on Grinder. I was invited to like a gay like bubble club or something. 
And I said, are trans what's people a bubble? Welcome? What's a bubble club? Like a bubble party, like a bubble. I don't know. Like, like, a, like a foam party. Like yeah, a, a dance foam party, a foam party. Yeah. Oh yeah, foam party, yeah. <laughs> and I said, are trans and gender nonconforming people welcome? And they said, no. And I said, I, <gasps> there's no reason for me to be in a space mm, where trans people great. aren't actively welcome. And so if you're being touchy means that someone else is comfortable, then get over totally. it. What, do you ask that now? Do you, when you're invited places, do you actually actively say, are trans and non-binary people welcome? Absolutely. Good for uh, you. Because it's something that has to be done actively. There are two things that I believe in above, or not above everything else, but two things. I believe in the new queer conscience and the idea that queer people are responsible for each other. And the way that yep. that is manifested today, I see as for a cis gay white man, as I identify, um, has been a few ways. The first is full throttle support behind the Black Lives Matter movement and their mm-hmm. leaders. The second is doing everything that a gay man possibly can to support the trans and gender nonconforming community. And then the third is the same exact thing, but with the intersex community. And where are the places that you find when you ask that question that say, no, they're not welcome? Well, I'm, I'm just very intrigued about that. Yeah, for sure. Usually they're um, gay, male operated and owned. Um, and usually they're like, usually there's an element of like sex involved. Ah, right. Wait, Adam, will you tell the story, which I just love, uh, about you realizing you were queer in a bathroom crying when you were a kid and then your friend was in a bathroom somewhere else and you realized that you weren't alone. It's a really beautiful story. This <laughs> is going to be a hilarious story, I'm sure. <laughs> it's beautiful, it's beautiful. I read it in your book and it's beautiful, but I've sort of told this, I've slightly told the story for you, but God. I'm being um, facetious, yeah. No, for sure. Like, I think that, like, so the idea is that being queer means that you're never alone because being queer means that you're part of something greater than yourself. And Alan, I actually, I mean, honestly, I think that you're a part of that. Like you can look for queer history anywhere you go. And so those images of you in cabaret, you know, that's like, to me, that's queer culture being larger than life. Like every, mm. every play, every piece of history, every time period, every era, every classroom that you're in has a part of queerness that you can own. And so when you are part of something greater than yourself, that means that you're never really alone. And so I was having a bad day in high school and I went into a bathroom alone and cried in the mirror because drama, drama, drama. And (laughs) I, you know, said out loud to myself that I was queer. And um, my first gay friend, Will, if you're listening, God bless your soul, um, Will um, told me a story where he ended up in a bathroom as well, crying, and it ended up being around the same time period. And so there were two of us, and we weren't alone. We were together in what we were feeling. We were just separated. And I say in the book that we were separated intentionally because there are systems of oppression set up to uphold the binary and everything that comes with it. And had we not been separated, can you imagine what queer youth could do if there was no societal shame mm. Mm. absolutely absolutely it's very exciting i think this whole think so this new queer world we live in because of young kids coming into it having no other uh experience of what you know of, of of queerness only seeing it in a positive light and a kind of being discussed and and like having and it being fluid in, in all sorts of ways i think it's really to have that as as your base and no other sort of negative, shameful connotation to it. It must. It'll be an incredible 
thing to see how that flourishes and what happens. I'm not sure that it's possible that they can have no shame around it because society is everywhere. But like the younger we get them, the better. So like this book is for 12 to 18. Um, I think it can be read by anyone, especially anyone who loves a person that, that that is that age. But if I knew in concrete terms that being queer meant that I was part of like the world's coolest lineage ever, I think my life would have been really different. Yes. Mm. It's like, do you know that thing Ubuntu? It's an African thing. There's various things, but it means basically I can't be happy until everyone's happy. You know, uh-huh. you, we are, we are all, it's the same thing. We're all connected in it. No, like, it's like Audrey Lord said, like, no, none of us are free until all of us are free. Yeah. It's exactly that. It's exactly that. Audrey Lord, I love her. Um, my other favorite of hers, your silence will not protect you. Yeah. And, love. um, but yes, it's exactly that. And Ubuntu is this, it's a, sort of an ancient thing. And it's a much more <clears> sort of, and it's sort of what I think about being Scottish as well, that there's a safety net. We all yes. look after each other. If there's mm. injustice anywhere, we speak out about it because that, you know, that's not right. And that could mm. happen to you. And I think that's something that perhaps I think feel in America, in the United States of America, doesn't isn't so much part of the of society and of the culture. That idea of looking out for each other because of this, you know, kind of um, you know the American dream is not necessarily about looking behind you and helping others up. It's about mm. going forward and making it on your own. Ab- yes, absolutely. What you just said about Scottishness, exactly. That's exactly what I'm talking about. And in the book, I say, you know, like take a minute and identify your culture. And that can be anything. So for me, it was Juda- Judaism. Scottishness mm. is a perfect one. It can be even like sometimes like certain regions of the United States have like really, really strong cultures or certain like mm. even certain like sports teams. You know, like if you grew up around like mm. the church of this whatever Mm, that yeah. can be the culture what would you what would be your church chris well the, I, when you were just talking about that adam it's like i much more relate to like my family's irishness uh-huh. and uh-huh. like so my mum's side of the family are from southern ireland so are my dad's side of the family um, oh, i didn't know both of them were yeah and like what was crazy was once i went to um cork in southern ireland where my mum's side of the family are from and i was there filming and I ended up in this bar late at night and there was a group of women who were like in their 60s. And it was like someone had got nine versions of my mother and put them in a bar. I was like, you're my mum. Like, you're exactly like my <laughs> mum. Her mannerisms, the way they spoke. And like, I adore Irish people. They are so kind and warm and inclusive. And I sort of, I suppose technically I'm English, but like I much more associate with that because I find um, Englishness I find contains a um, a lack of collective support mm-hmm. unless it ascribes to quite a specific idea of what you should be. And that's probably me being generalizing and being judgmental, but I have never felt, I feel such a warm warmth around Irish people. And I think there is a sort of support and there's community. I think it's about community, isn't it? Yes. And and also the thing you say about the sort of, you know, the slightly stiff upper lip, the kind of mm. restrained thing that, that that is that people talk about with English people. And it's not it's not a it's a cliche, but cliches are cliches for a reason. And so that lack of sort of um not openness, but that lack of immediate it takes a while to, you know, break the ice perhaps. That obviously contributes to that this whole thing. You you don't you feel less 
Yeah, no. uh, if you feel less willing to be vulnerable in that sort of uh, environment. Yeah, I really loved what you said about Scottishness and Irish being Scottish and being Irish and identifying with that, because that is exactly what I'm trying to hit on. If like if my parents see someone on the subway that like they know are Jewish, sometimes they'll like maybe like give them a smile or something like that, right. you know, yeah. yeah. or like yeah. if my mom sees another like young woman, my mom has. So there I have three brothers. And so if my mom sees another young woman with like four boys or like three boys she'll like they'll have like a special place and she'll like give a little smile or like a help them with something you know whatever yes, yes. that little piece of human warmth magic is that's what i want all of us to I have love when that. we see another queer person and that's that lovely it's so lovely and do you know i had that the other day like i had it happen twice actually like because i was in the airport and there was like a couple of very like leather gays in the airport uh-huh. but like i looked over at them and we just like had a moment and i gave them a look like you know, hey, I see, <laughs> I see you girls, and like you know, we had a little moment like that, and then and then we had an, and then later had another moment as I was going through security, I came through the scanners and there was like the most impossibly handsome airport security guard standing on the other side in like the short sleeve shirt, amazing arms, really tanned, like gorgeous human being, and I totally obviously just kind of went at him and then my eyes (laughs) my eyes moved to just next to him and this very obviously gay guy who worked with him was standing next to him and he just gave me this look like I know (laughs) it was such a nice like I live for those little moments of like where you kind of go I see you yeah like it's so nice that isn't it I love that too I think that's so great and so in a way we because of this maybe lack of structure and also the thing I said earlier about we were a fractured community because of AIDS I'm really fascinated by the way that there's a whole generation of mentors missing in our in our gay men society because they were all they all died so there's this kind of the lineage of how a society works in ours is kind of broken because of that and I think we're just only realizing that and recovering from it at the same time but also I think because of that lack of structure and because of being kind of hidden, as you said, uh, Adam, for so long, in a way, we look to popular culture and those things mm-hmm. to kind of uh, conjoin us. And I thought I thought there was a thing in your book I thought that mentioned about Mean Girls. And it's so funny. There's a, this is, it's the second time this week in a book by a, 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 also by a, a queer person that Mean Girls has been used as this sort of... Um, and and for, for me, it's, I mean, I know what Mean Girls is, but it, I'm much older, I suppose. So it's, it's interesting. I think from, for your generation, Mean Girls is much more of a sort of... Um, talisman in a way yes. a, 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 and, I, and, I, and I'm why do you think because it's about the, what people relate to the to Lindsay Lohan as being the one who's the outcast and she finally and she triumphs and everything is that what do you, th- is, do you think okay so with Mean Girls one is there is an openly gay character and the openly oh. gay character he does fill a typical trope in which he like doesn't really have his own plot line and is like sort of an accessory but still he's there and he's out and that's cool and, and also, is he the mean girl's friend or is he Lindsay Lohan's friend? He's the loser, the air quote loser's friend. And so there's an openly queer character. And also I think that there's all this, you know, there's all this like queer theory and stuff that before gay men were allowed to be on television, they sort of like spoke through the mouths of women or like powerful divas. Oh, so like wow. the idea of yeah. like golden girls <clears throat> and sort of like basically. Wonder just, woman. Yeah. And like them just like being gay. So I think there's that. Golden and girls. Also, yeah. And also that like Mean Girls and Lindsay Lohan fulfills like the queer, mm-hmm. I think there's like an arc to all queer icons, you know, like tried to be someone who they weren't by being like really, really glamorous and like over the top and then like found out who they really were through the pursuit of like glamour and self. So I think there's that, but also 
I wanted to talk about what you said about the missing generation, because mm. I think that that is so impossibly true. And when I think about the missing generation, the person that I always think about is Howard Ashman, um, who wrote the music to, to Beauty and the Beast and The Little Mermaid. Uh-huh. And he was queer and Jewish, and he's just always been sort of a North Star to me. And so I think one of the reasons we they that we are disconnected, like you were saying, mm. Alan, is one is that we're missing a full generation. But mm. two, our biological ancestors do not double as our queer ancestors. I was born into a Jewish house and I was taught Jewish things at age zero and I was taught that Jewishness is good at age zero. Mm. Whereas most of us are born into non-queer homes, taught that queerness is bad and then have to reset ourselves. So mm, I, yes. think, I think one, it's the lost generation, absolutely. And I also think that it's that we have to find our ancestors and mentors as opposed to being handed them. Absolutely. Yeah, the sort of concept of queer erasure and how it doesn't suit the the wider narrative. So people like you mentioned um, Sophie Wilson, this trans engineer who mm-hmm. created, was it the microchip that goes in a phone? The core, yeah, that, mm. goes, in, that goes into smartphones. You know, and why isn't that Mark Zuckerberg, you know? Like I say in the book, like I knew, like all around my house were books like, great Jewish women in sports, great Jewish men in sports. Or like, mm. like I would go to a museum and it would literally be like with school and they'd be like, he's Jewish and he's Jewish and he's Jewish. And like, first of all, all of these people were homos, you know, like, mm. why don't we know any of that? What a lovely chat with Adam. That's the end of part one. Head over to your feed to get part two and have a listen to that. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Powered by Spirit Studios.